to the Curators of Horror. We're your curators. That's Katie. That's Emrys. And here at the Curators of Horror, we believe that there is a perfect horror movie out there for everyone. So whether you're a lover or a hater or somewhere in between, we want to help you reconnect or discover some wonderful gems from the horror genre. Each episode, we convince an unsuspecting victim to join us on the podcast. Each of us picks the perfect horror movie for our guests, and then we strap them to a sofa, make them watch the movies, and talk about it afterwards. We're in competition, so each episode, our guests will pick which film was their favourite and which one scared them the most. Episode 21! 21! Woo! We're legally an adult. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) At least in, well, not in the UK even, because you're 18 and adult now. Yeah. I feel like there's some things you can't do till you're 21, like like rent a car, maybe? No, you can do that at 18. Oh, really? Drive a van or a lorry. I've never driven a van or a lorry, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, no. (laughs) Unlike you, though, who's never really even driven anything. Hey. Including an automobile. Because, dear listener. (laughs) We've been together for 11 years and Emrys still can't drive a bloody car. (laughs) And I tell you, that's hard enough when you're just dating and you're the one that drives. And it's just, you know, as a a lady, I always dreamt, oh, I have a boy with a car. No, don't have a boy with a car. And I also have a husband and father of my child who doesn't drive a car. So, you know, do with that what you will. How are you? (laughs) But I bring lots of other valuable things to our relationship, even if one of them is not transportation. You don't don't drive, though, do you? No. No. I can, you know, you can go on the back of my bike if you want to. Oh, my God. And just to clarify, that's not a motorbike. That's No, it's a push bike. (laughs) It's a folding push bike, even. It's, like, not even, like, a fully grown bike. It's, like, this weird, you know, transformer bike. Which yeah. is cool. Oh, I like that. It's like Transformers. But it's not like Transformers. That makes me like it Because it's more. just like a pop-up bike. It's like a pop-up book, but it's a pop-up bike. Okay. You, yeah. you inflated me and now you've deflated yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, it is cute. It's a cute little bike. It's funny looking. <laughs> you enjoy it, don't you? You enjoy your bike. I do. I give you your bike to enjoy. You can enjoy whatever you want, even your little pop-up bike. And as soon as they are, you know, they lessen the social distancing enough for me to be able to start learning to drive again, <laughs> I will. I will. It's all lies. It's but all I lies, can't right listener. now. It's all lies. How are you doing this episode? I'm well. I'm very, very tired. I've been back at work, uh, f- f- you know, back going to a physical place for a whole week now. And it's really tiring. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it, going back into the world and being like, oh, yeah, moving and interacting and or lack of interacting or learning to interact without interacting in real life, which we already learned to do remotely. And now we're kind of emulating that, but in real life. And it's just bizarre. We're living in a very strange world right now. It's just very strange when you Mm -hmm. speak to people and you can only see a very small part of their face. Yeah. 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 But, you know. We're lucky because we're safe and we're healthy. And That's true. That's things very true. Are, things are getting better. They are. I like Positivity. that. Positivity. Oh, you usually don't get that from you, but I'm I'm very happy to take that. I'm I'm doing it for the doing it for the listeners. Okay. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to be like when we turn this off. <laughs> As you know, I'm a glass half empty kind of person. In fact, yep. there's nothing in my glass whatsoever. I've turned my glass upside down. I'm looking for something in there, but there's not a lot. But on the podcast, <laughs> let's be positive. How are you doing? 
<laughs> Do you know what? I'm actually feeling quite excited about this episode. Aww. I've got some some fun facts oh, okay, to nice. share about these films. And although I must admit, this particular selection doesn't go with my particular taste, so it was a bit different this week watching these films because I think for a long time I have been quite self-indulgent and just been like (laughs) I like this film I'm gonna try and shoehorn someone else's interest into this film didn't do that this week Uh, so it's been quite interesting to watch films that I wouldn't necessarily pick and think about them and see how they make me feel and it's been good I've actually really enjoyed it so I'm enjoying I'm, I'm looking forward to the discussion the imminent discussion. Well, I think we should encourage that imminent discussion yeah. to begin, you know, immediately. Also, you did just feed me a pizza. So yeah. that always makes me happy. Although, you know, come back to me in an hour, I'll probably be <laughs> feeling differently. But <laughs> shall we? Shall we discuss? Yes, let's introduce our transatlantic guest. This is the first time we have uh, attempted such a feat as to record the podcast with someone that is in a different country Ooh. and continent even. Yeah. Uh, and we are absolutely thrilled and overjoyed to have with us the fantastic David. Hello. 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 I feel like I should open the door and come into the room now. And there yes. should be applause. Yay. Yay. Or not. It is, it is a horror-themed podcast, right? It could just be a creaky door and like... Right. Just screams. <laughs> That's what I'm more used to, just screams. Blood oh, just thrown at no, you. You know in the film um, Young Frankenstein, whenever they say the woman's name <laughs> and they Frau hear Bruca. horses, Frau Bruja, nee! <laughs> yeah, so, hello, nee! Yeah, I right. like that. <laughs> Hi, how are you both? Well, you said how you were. I, I yeah. heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing in the United States of America right now? Oh, I think that question is pretty self-answerable at this point. Um, (laughs) We're here. Everybody's here. Everybody's... We're all... God, there are just so many of us. (laughs) You never really realize until a time happens. We're all good. Everything's good. Uh, (laughs) Everything's good here. And then I just shoot the microphone and leave the room. Um, (laughs) It's when we see the flames coming up behind you. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. fine. This is fine. fine. This yeah. is fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about these movies. As I expressed to Emrys, I just I like I did myself a great service in that I think we moved our recording date a little bit, and that was good because the way that it was scheduled initially, I was away from home. I had to. I was in in the south doing some family stuff, and I was living in a tiny home. I was living in like an aluminum tiny home on the back oh of someone's God. property. Oh, wow. And it thunderstormed the entire <gasps> trip, the oh entire time I was down there. And oh. I was just like, I, I cannot watch these movies here. No, that's a bit, that's a bit putting yourself in the middle of the action. Absolutely. <laughs> I am very excited by the idea of a tiny home, though. The idea yeah. of tiny homes hasn't really kind of come over into the UK yet. I think it's coming, but... I'm a bit obsessed with tiny homes and tiny living. It was really lovely. They said 
they said, you know, the owner said it's very nice when it rains, and it is very nice when it rains um, because you get the little pitter patter. (laughs) It is not so nice when it absolutely pours, and you have to watch a horror movie. And you go, oh great, so this is going to happen to me right now. Good, good, good. Plus, what did you say that it was made of? The aluminum. Oh, aluminium. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, but also aluminium. I imagine would get struck by lightning quite badly would it not does it conduct lightning i thought all metal conducted lightning i think it is specifically chosen because it is not particularly conductive Uh, (laughs) well that's good that's good to know feels like it would be a (laughs) bit of an oversight just sitting in a tin can in the garden like oh no (laughs) if you're just joining us welcome to curators of science (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know you know i just i was concerned you were. Plus, I love the word aluminum. It's yeah. so cute. I think that's one of the ones that I think you guys do better than aluminum. us. Aluminum. Yeah, aluminum like, sounds. Like it, it just sounds more fun. Yeah. That's the other tricky part about the conversion is that at 21, uh, 21st episode, you know, the, uh, uh, here, your podcast can only just drink now. Yeah. yeah. That's I think true. legally, you're not supposed to drive a van until 35. Jeez. Really? We are not. I mean, our, our podcast has been drinking for three years over here. Yeah. So, you know, our, <laughs> three our, episodes. Yeah. Our, our podcast has liver failure by now. Like, particularly <laughs> considering that it's British, it's been out on the lash since the, like, probably to be fair, since it was episode 16, yeah. if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just how it rolls. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, David, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is horror movies and stuff. So, David, tell us a little bit about your relationship with horror. I love it. I love it, and I didn't realize... So one of the questions that I answered when I was coming to be on the podcast was if I had, like, a moniker about horror, like, what would it be? Like, the newbie or the old pro or something like that? I didn't realize until this venture that mine is probably the antagonist oh because i i love horror movies but i also like probably think horror movies are stupid right like i i I think (laughs) in retrospect i've every horror movie i've watched i've either been like "Ooh, this is super scary the scariest thing i've ever seen or i've been like no that's dumb don't do that But I, I go far back with it. My my father was a big, big fan of the very classical horror movies. A lot of the like Frankenstein, you know, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's sort of where I cut my teeth. And then have sort of tried to keep up with horror movies as I've gotten older. But a lot of them don't appeal, right? I've never been attracted to the Saw franchise. I, I feel like horror movies have gotten kind of easy, at least especially I think American horror movies, is they go... Here's our horror movie formula. Let's do it. And so whether or not that's actually what happens, I think there's like a reticence to even get invested. It definitely feels like there's a little bit less innovation in kind of the way horror movies are made over the last couple of years, I think for sure. There've been some, a few really excellent ones, but many, many, many films made and only a few that are really worth your time. Also, I think, you know, horror films historically can be made on a tiny budget. Like, you can make a horror movie with a piece of string, and that's it. That's all you need. 
for a horror film. It means that there's it's so oversaturated that a lot of people just go, this is what a horror movie is. And that's one of the reasons that we've kind of started this podcast anyway, is that I think that so many people just see horror as being one thing. And that's very, very prevalent in a lot of films that come out because they do just follow that same, like you say, it's almost like a paint by numbers, one size fits all type thing, that this is what a horror movie is. And this is what we do. And it does tend to be a bit lazy with with certain things, I think. But it is a it's a very it is a broad expanse, right? When you think about mm-hmm. what a genre needs, right? A comedy has to have jokes, right? It has to be situational, it has to have jokes, it has to have like things that happen in a comedy. And an action movie has to have action. And a horror movie, right, has to have scary stuff. And that can be psychological, that can be thriller, that can be, you know, there are a lot of a lot of different angles to take so so what would you say are the things that you that that keep you coming back what are the thing why why do you love horror as much as you do i love well i love being scared first of all right that like that that innately is me i love you know roller coasters i love scary movies and i love the feeling of being like ooh, i'm in danger no i'm not mm-hmm. uh, and i think what keeps me coming back is things that stick with me right is seeing a movie that does have something that lingers there's a big difference between the the soundtrack made a big spooky sound as somebody unexpected came up behind you versus you know the first horror movie i like in my adulthood that i remember being affected by was paranormal activity and Mm. for whatever reason like i was living in a house i had stairs and i could like (laughs) see doors opening and see things coming upstairs like that was a very easy thing to to go like yeah that could happen that's terrifying Versus when my friend sneaks up behind me and goes, hey, the, the, it doesn't go in the background as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a, a, lot, a lot of the time it's the, it's the ideas behind a horror film that makes it scary. Or like you kind of talked about there, just taking things that are really universal or really ordinary that everyone has or that a lot of people have in their lives and kind of turning those into a more sinister thing so mm-hmm. that when you're walking up your stairs, you're like, oh. I... <laughs> oh <no. laughs> Are there any uh, kind of favorite horror movies that stand out to you? Paranormal Activity, as I said, is definitely a favorite. I really enjoyed uh, The Babadook. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. I think that maybe if I did some like real introspection, I would probably find that a lot of my favorite horror movies are house-based uh, you know, whatever that says about me, I'll ask my therapist on Thursday, but uh, <laughs> there, there's there's something about the residence and the home being a, a safe place and it's supposed to be that. Mm-hmm. And so when something invades that, it becomes very scary because that's a situation that for me personally, I can't not be in, right? Like I can avoid going into graveyards. I can avoid, you know, a life as a, as a, um, oh no. Lighthouse keeper. Sure. <laughs> I couldn't think of any jobs. Yeah, I can I can avoid that. I can make conscious decisions not to put myself in those situations. I can't not take a shower. I can't, mm. you know, not go to bed. So <laughs> anything that intrudes on those is gonna freak me out. No, it's going back to what Emrys was saying about taking things that are very basic and universal and making them scary. Those are definitely the the things that stick. Because I, I remember one of the, the first the first horror film that I saw in the cinema, I think, was Strangers. And that is full on, I'm coming into your house, I'm going to kill you in a really brutal, horrific way. Yeah. And the worst thing about that is that there's no explanation. The explanation is you were home. 
And it's like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Why? Don't you have something better to do? Like, this is your hobby. Like, seriously, you need to get a better hobby. Like, learn to knit or something. Like, this is just not good for anybody. I relate with the home thing. <laughs> I really like The Exorcist. That takes place in a house. Like I said, yeah. I think if I really did go down the list, I'd probably find a lot of them. But I think mm. that's for a slightly different reason. I, I like... I, I grew up very religious and I am no longer very religious. Um, and so I am really, really drawn to what it is. There's a lot, I mean, there are a lot of great horror movies about religion, right? There are a lot mm-hmm. of great horror movies about the, the sort of like the ceremony of it, I suppose, yeah. right? Right. There, there, are, there are these special words that you say that make special things happen and the special movements that we all follow and that makes things happen. It's very ceremonial. Um, mm. And so like The Exorcist, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, like a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of that kind of stuff is very interesting to me. Nice. Well, I think it is about time for us to get into these films I know we all want to talk about. So, the first movie that we have curated for you, David, is It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay. You awake? What are you doing? You're not gonna believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. This isn't real, I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me. and goes straight down the line to whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. That's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. And the second movie that we have curated for you is The Autopsy of Jane Doe. This is not what I was expecting. Can I see one? No, no. What's that for? Make sure he's dead. Sheriff, what happened? No ID, no fingerprints in the system. For now, she's a Jane Doe. He needs my help right now. 11 o'clock, I'm all yours. Subject is in her mid to late 20s. Hair brown. Eyes gray. What happened to you? First, they bound her. Then they ripped out her tongue, poisoned her, paralyzed her, forced her to swallow the cloth. Where is that? 
Dad? No one could see what we have seen. But before we go any further, listeners, my wife has a warning for you. There be spoilers ahead, matey. <laughs> that was my worst one that I've ever done. <laughs> I liked it. And I've done, they've been getting progressively worse from episode to episode. Basically, we chat about all the spoilers here. There's a lot of spoilers. We don't think it's worth talking about a film unless you get into the nitty gritty detail and therefore spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen either of these films and you don't want to get spoiled, then maybe go watch them before you listen. Or if you really give no shits, then please continue. So, David, we have a question for you. Which of us do you think chose which of these films for you? I think that Katie gave me It Follows and that Emrys gave me The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And why do you think that? As I was watching The Autopsy of Jane Doe, all I could think about was when I didn't go and see The Lighthouse with Emrys. (laughs) (laughs) And how this movie reminded me so much of what I imagined that The Lighthouse Sort of is, because I didn't see it. I still haven't seen it, and I <laughs> will. <laughs> but, you know, a, a sort of father-son two-hander is what I sort of... I actually don't even know if they're father and son in Lighthouse, but... Um, that, they're not. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they're, they're not really similar. <laughs> At all. But in David's imagination, but what you, what they you could be. what you perceived the Lighthouse to be, they are it is still exactly like this film. Okay. In my mind. <laughs> and that's the most important thing. Yeah. So do I get to know now or do I have to wait? You get to know now that you are incorrect. Darn it. Well, that's a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I true. chose It Follows for You and Katie chose The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which mm-hmm. I had not seen before. Yeah. So it would have been weird for me to choose it for you because I've not seen it. <laughs> I've seen it now. <laughs> okay, so let us get into our discussion around It Follows. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the movie it's itself. It Follows came out in 2014. It is written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. It's another three-named David. But not um, David Mitchell. That's a different guy. That's a different guy. He had to put the Robert in because it was confusing. Uh, It stars uh, Micah Monroe and a host of pretty uh, kind of unknown actors. Uh, And the synopsis is... A young woman is followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. But yes, David, I would love to know, what did you think of It Follows? So this is my second time seeing It Follows. Oh, nice. Uh, You'd seen it before. I had seen it before. I had seen it when it first came out. It was one that was, was big on my radar for some reason. I think just because it was, I mean, it was hailed as being very innovative, very new, very different. And so this was my second time seeing it and my opinion remains exactly the same. What an interesting throwback, right? Like I imagine that part of why this was selected for me was because it does harken back to so many classics, right? It is such a, it really is a, there's a monster, there's a sort of like, I mean, really even just damsel in distress, essentially. And then they sort of like go on an adventure to try and solve it. And maybe they do and maybe they don't. And ooh, it's a spooky movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's very it's very it's got a I mean they both do but like this one has a lot of classic stuff and a lot of tropes it's got you know it's got that weird both of these movies I find very I found very interesting I I think rely very heavily on their soundtrack and this one's got that weird bit crushed sort of low rumble a lot of times early 80s late 70s soundtrack which is very interesting and very like sets the tone a lot and it's a it's a new world right this isn't it's not zombies it's not vampires it's not it's not a killer on the loose it's when you have sex with someone who is in this line of people you get cursed i guess in that way it's a curse movie right it's it's a mm. it's a you've been cursed by a thing with that it comes with its own rules and its own like its own mythos and its own world, which is very, very interesting. I think a big part of this film, I, I completely agree with what you're saying about it, is very clearly uh, inspired by a lot of classics. There's a real like John Carpenter feel about it, but yeah, it, it kind of still feels quite fresh uh, and quite different than a lot of horror films that have kind of come kind of before and since i would say if john carpenter and john hughes made a movie baby it would Ooh, be this. yeah i like that oh, yeah, yeah i can i can see that i can see that yeah it's the plucky the plucky sort of like late high school early college teens just living in a suburban town and trying to get along get ahead right it takes place in detroit i think in a very interesting like suburban world that also is different right she's got her mm. weird little clam phone that she's reading on mm. there's the old-timey organ player at the movie theater it's a it's a very specific world and i i really appreciate that it's it's actually was all kind of done in a very intentionally anachronistic way so there is like old tvs from like 60s and 70s and the clothes that people are wearing are very kind of of different generations and yeah there's that weird like clamshell thing that looks kind of futuristic uh, apparently that was a kind of a call from the director to make it uh, intentionally feel kind of like confusing and like you didn't really mm -hmm. know exactly where you were and to make it feel a little bit like, kind of like a dream. I get that. Yeah, I think that's seconded by the sometimes very long establishing shots, sometimes very long pieces of musical score that are sort of like drawing out and then nothing happens and it goes like, ah, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky, spooky movie. Spooky movie. It is a spooky movie. And, you know, in that vein that I'm drawn to, like, I live in an apartment right now. I live in this, the, the heart of the city and I, I'm doing that. But we are looking for a house and we are going to move into a house soon. And, ooh, if I think about this movie and somebody breaking a window and coming into my home, oh, I'm going to get all scared. Yeah. The, <laughs> one of the worst bits of this film is when she has... Because the concept is, you know, she's had sex at the beginning of this film and he explains what has happened. It is going to come for you. It will follow you, this person. You don't, it will always look like someone different. It's never going to look like the same person, but it is very slow, but it will come and get you. And she's kind of passed it on to somebody else because they, you know, feeling sorry for her, have realized how awful this thing that they go that she's going through is and they kind of don't believe her but they do believe her so he's like just sleep with me and then it'll be fine and it's that moment where she knows that it's coming for him and she sees it come for him yeah and that that shot of her just looking out of her own window across the street at this random guy who is breaking into her neighbor's house and it's that is horrendous because it's like 
you're you're watching what could potentially be happening to you later in the film. I think I personally found that one of the most unnerving moments of the whole thing because it's like this is what's going to happen to you later. Good luck type yeah, thing. And, it's yeah. And and to that point it's I, I I, I don't think it's a random guy. I think it's him in that moment, right? I took I took uh, I, tr- I took a list of all the different things that it turns into because uh, mm. I was very curious about that this time around. And I think in that instance, it is him, which I which just heightens it for me, right? She like yeah. has a moment where she goes, "Oh, that's him," and he's walking, and then goes, "Oh, that's not him." <laughs> yeah, because he's like breaking into his own house. Yeah. Ugh. I think I draw this the connection with John Carpenter with Halloween specifically. Like it feels very much like the same kind of almost like the neighborhood feel yeah. of it. But it, it, you know, one of the things that's often quite divisive in horror movies for me is sometimes it feels like it's just like random killing for no sake, and you're like, oh, mm. I feel like that this needs to have more of a motivation. But sometimes when horror of this kind is done really, really well, we have no idea what the motivation of this weird entity is. Like, we don't know why it's doing this, but that's actually, you know, like that, that doesn't bother me at all. It's not like, oh, but I don't understand why. It's just like, you just, you just don't really care. Well, because principally we, I think we do. And then sort of on a larger scale, we don't, right? Again, motivation is something that comes up in both of these movies for me. And in this one, you can really trace it like, it's following you because you had sex with the person that it, and thank goodness she got the lowdown from this guy. Cause like yeah. <laughs> what a shorter movie it would have been if she was like, Oh, hello. Like you see someone walking up to you and you're probably gonna be like, hi, do you need help? Are you okay? Yeah. Are you alright? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're dead. Well, I think yeah. that's what happens in the middle of this film, because I think it very, very strongly hints at the fact that when she runs out onto the beach and she sees like three guys on a boat. Does she boink and- those guys? I'm pretty sure she boinks them. I couldn't decide. Because she takes all her clothes off, apart from like her underwear, and starts walking into the river towards this boat. And it's almost like she's trying to buy herself time. Yeah. Because then in the shot where they're all kind of hightailing it out of there in the car, you see the guy just randomly fully nude on her roof. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh God, he's here already. And it's like, it's never, it's never like, explicitly said what happens yeah in that moment but i think that it's hinted at the fact that she basically sends it after these three random guys and then which you know not a bad strategy (laughs) no and then i think it's almost like she's thinking they're surrounded by water they'll be fine (laughs) but but yeah then it's it's very quickly becomes evident that that hasn't worked because the friend thinks about employing that same strategy right the second Mm -hmm. friend that she sleeps with not the one who looks exactly like johnny depp in nightmare on elm street which like if that (laughs) wasn't intentional i i'm gonna scream i'd be surprised yeah Yeah. but the second friend he has that shot where he's driving and sees what we assume are are prostitutes on the side Mm -hmm. of the street right and Mm -hmm. That that does become a, a later theme in the film is how can I buy myself some more time? How can I how can I push this off a little longer? I'm curious to hear what you kind of think the message of this film is. It feels like yes, on a surface level, this is like you said a scary movie where a thing is coming for you, but it spooky feels like movie. spooky movie. <laughs> it feels like there's there's some deeper kind of commentary or subtext in this, and I'm wondering. I've read a few different takes on it, so I'm wondering what you kind of took away from that point of view what i read from it is all right i was told that we were allowed to swear and is talking about sex swearing i'm going to talk about sex for a second so i love sex right love it love <laughs> it. can't get enough of it 
<laughs> and for me, that relationship has always been about sex is a time when I don't have to think. For whatever reason, it's such a like naturally occurring thing within my psyche that I can just do it and turn my brain off and it's great. And in that way, right, it is a way to push away everything else. And that's what happens in this movie, right? When you have sex with someone, it staves off this impending doom for a time and not forever, but for a time. And I think that that's, that's part of what I took away from it. I really like that. That's interesting. Yeah. That's not a kind of along the lines of any of the stuff that I, that I took away personally or that I've kind of read since. Oh, and, Um, and also wait, sex makes babies. (laughs) <laughs> yes it does <laughs> <laughs> that's another way in which it stays off death right we create a legacy for ourselves <laughs> right yeah I, I i've accidentally really cracked this one coming to that realization <laughs> on this podcast oh my god uh, you have made it a long way through your life to Sex just realize that <laughs> babies <laughs> that's where babies come from it did it did open up a lot more questions for me though about like does the thing uh curse you if you have sex with a condom does it curse you if you do? Yeah, I was thinking about sex. that as well. Like they, they don't, they don't, they're not clear. What if you don't finish? As yeah, to, what are the rules? Yeah, like, is is it you know, in terms of you know, we were talking about religion earlier. Is this a kind of like you can do everything but thing, or like oh. you know, because you know, unless you're actually you know penetrating someone. Yeah, Jesus is it okay with that? Is it only exactly? <laughs> is it only hetero sex? Yeah. Is it like, where's the line? Where's the line, where's spooky the line? monster? Mm. <laughs> what about lesbians? Yeah, what about you lesbians? Know? What about lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> Two of the the different kind of things that I read about it. One, it, a lot of people think it's a comment on uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm-hmm. So it's lit. That's a very literal read of it, and I don't think i like that one for me personally another one that i read that i really like actually is that it is more of a comment on being a survivor of Mm. sexual assault Mm. so um yes like the sex in this movie is consensual but you know right afterwards this guy like chloroforms her and it's like you know ties her to a chair it's not a pleasant experience at all and she now has this thing that is literally following her, mm-hmm. um, but only she can see it. And it can appear in lots of different ways. And all of her friends kind of are like want to help her, but don't really understand and mm-hmm. can't really believe it. And they're kind of affected by it as well. Unless they had it, right? That was something I didn't remember the first time from the first time yeah. I watched it, is that yes. the guy who gave it to her can also still see it. Yes. Yeah. And then you have this kind of thing where she's like trying to like get rid of it to the first guy, the Johnny Depp lookalike guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feel it feels like he almost doesn't really believe it. Yeah. Like he's just like, sure, like have sex with me to like get rid of this thing. That's fine. And then he's like, I haven't seen anything. I don't think this is real. And then he gets killed. And then the mm-hmm. second guy, because he's like not really there to support her. The second guy, the guy that she kind of ends the film with, is actually like, I I believe this. Like we've had that really weird moment where, like, a, like he gets like thrown across a room and like he throws a chair at nothing and it bounces off. Yeah. So there is clearly something physically there, but he's like he believes her and he does it because he wants to support her and like he wants to like help her get through this or carry this burden, which potentially is never going to go away with her forever. Mm. 
I did. I I must admit, I found more in the final shot of this film than I did when I first watched it, which is is essentially the two of them walking hand in hand, and you kind of get is there or isn't there something following them at that point? And I remember the first time just being like, okay. And then I, uh, on the second viewing, um, because this is the second time that we've watched this film, I was like, oh, okay. So it's almost like, not necessarily from the trauma perspective, but if it is a, you know, conversation about sexually transmitted infections, it's almost as if, you know, if you are in a relationship with somebody, you have to be honest and open about everyone. Like I personally have had friends who have slept with people who did have STIs, STDs, and weren't made aware of it until after the fact and are living with those conditions to this day because of that fact. That's not an example of an honest and open relationship. Um, whilst the one that they have at the end of this film is almost like we can cope with this. I want to be with you and we can cope with this together as opposed to just just pass it, just give it, just give it to somebody mm-hmm. else. Don't you think this monster would have had an easier time of it if it didn't turn into such spooky things? Oh, I know. Really, really creepy, yeah. horrible things. And it and obviously it has the ability to be anyone, right? Yeah. It can look like anyone's. And the, the the guy says, like, you know, whatever it needs to do to get close to you. And it's like, well, <laughs> don't be like a seven foot, like, you know, oh, yeah, that you know, when he's behind them in the door. Don't be lit from the Adam family oh. or a creepy movie. kid with like no eyes. Like, that's not gonna make me want to get close to you. Yeah, <laughs> the way that you get close to me is not be an old lady while I'm at my like community college. Like that, <laughs> I know that you don't belong here pretty immediately. Not yeah. be someone half naked who's having the longest wee known to me. Yeah, like that was so is, weird. It's just come. I mean, it was like something out of a little Britain sketch. It just kept coming and coming and coming and i was like where are you keeping this you know it's yeah wasn't good i just need to go on record to say i don't like this film very much i'm not i'm not a big fan of it follows and i shall tell you for why foretell foretell us i shall tell you for why i i do think that there are certain elements of this film that are dealt with brilliantly i think it has masses of potential but the problem that I have with it is I genuinely think that on a viewing, it doesn't do anything with the potential that it has. I think that a lot of it is just wasted space. And I found it frustrating. I found it frustrating on the first viewing. And I also found it frustrating when I watched it the second time, which is it's it's great for us to sit down and discuss what this film might have been about and you know, what it meant and all of that type of thing. But unfortunately, I found on both viewings of this film that that didn't translate into something that was entertaining. It was something that I was watching being like, oh, that's quite clever. Oh, that's a bit John Carpenter-ish. Oh, that's interesting that they've put that in there. But for me, it never really meshed into something that then went beyond and I could kind of stop looking at it from that analytical perspective and actually just enjoy it for the film that it was. Like, I think the monster in this film is so interesting because it's one of the things that I always say, I don't like fast zombie films. Mm -hmm. I like my zombies slow and 
classic and threatening because the fact that they're just coming mm-hmm. and coming is so much scarier than something just goes, blah, I'm going to eat you. So this thing is so interesting and it could be so terrifying. But the film builds to this kind of almost Ghostbusters, Stranger Things, we're going to beat the baddie crescendo in the swimming pool with all of, we're going to throw all of these electrical things into the swimming pool and we're going to catch this thing. And then it just kind of goes, oh yeah, it didn't, didn't really work. <laughs> Can't do now that. it's over. When we were watching also, Katie pointed oh. out that like, why are there so many electrical outlets around the around swimming pool? Around the swimming pool. <laughs> like, I don't think point. so. That might like, be I don't care when this film that. was supposed to be set. Like, you wouldn't have them on the floor. Like you might have them like up on the wall, but they're like literally at floor level in a swimming pool. It just really irritated me. I was like, I don't care if it's supposed to be a dream. That is not something that would happen in 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 any kind of scenario with a swimming pool. To the point about the takeaway, it is an interesting like we talked about like what you know it's the jaws effect right all all the movies get compared to jaws right jaws made the ocean scary and the psycho mm-hmm. made the shower scary and right like what is it that it follows is trying to make scary because mm-hmm. if it's sex like that is a more relatable and and mm-hmm. graspable thing versus like i'm if i'm supposed to be scared of strangers walking up to me like i, I've, I already I got am. that yeah i got exactly yeah. i'm, I'm yeah, there exactly <laughs> exactly i think also it's like yeah it could be seen to be like oh talking about STDs and trauma and things like this, but I'm like, what is it actually saying? Because if it's just being like, STDs bad, sex is bad. I'm like, yeah, enough people have been telling me that my whole life. Like I I, I am aware that I don't want to get an STD, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, I struggle with it. And I think it is, like I said, I think it has masses of potential. But don't try and be John Carpenter if you can't be John Carpenter. That's my yeah, my take David on Robert it. Mitchell. Where do you get on? Yeah, off? yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I will relentlessly follow you both until the end of days. But Yay. I think we should probably move on to our next film now. Huzzah! I picked. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Ooh, spooky film. It is. I mean, it is. And it also has another soundtrack. And this is a very classic soundtrack where the the soundtrack goes, spooky, scary, spooky, scary, spooky, scary, spooky, scary. Like it literally does. It's got that. The whole and then the whole beginning. I was like, oh, it's a good. Good. It's a spooky movie. It is spooky and it is scary and it is many things. But let me tell you a little bit about The Autopsy of Jane Doe before we crack on with our conversation. Um, This film came out in 2016. Um, It was directed by Andre Ovradal. And Emrys is pissing himself because I'm terrible at pronouncing names and this one was particularly challenging for me. I literally looked this up and saw that it had like a <laughs> like a weird accent on a letter and was like, I can't wait to hear Katie try and say this. It's it might be over a Dal. I yeah, I'm gonna stick with my original pronunciation. It stars Brian Cox. I mean, I'm just happy that Brian Cox is in this film. And Emile Hirsch. Is it Hirsch? Hirsch. Mm -hmm. Hirsch. This is what I do on every episode. (laughs) And Emile Hirsch. (laughs) And a little synopsis of said film. 
A father and son, both coroners, are pulled into a complex mystery while attempting to identify the body of a young woman who is apparently harboring dark secrets. Incredibly dark, dark secrets. So tell us, what did you think of the autopsy of Jane Doe? So, like I said, another classic soundtrack. This one went in the spooky, scary version as opposed to the bit crushed uh, of It Follows and follows a lot of horror tropes in the very beginning. The lights are flickering. There's a weird animal in the in the building. There's, uh, the, it's a, there's a thunderstorm. It's a very, it's a very classic setup. And at, like I said earlier, I thought that this was going to be what I assumed uh, the lighthouse was, right? I thought in, in reading that description, I assumed it was a two-hander. I assumed it was going to be just the father-son team in the mortuary uh, doing their stuff and spooky stuff happens. And it wasn't exactly. And it could have been, I think, but it wasn't. Or it could have been closer, I think. It could have been closer to a two-hander. But what I do think it would have been, this movie would be such a great interactive experience Oh, God, yeah. Right? Mm. Like, there used to be a thing here in the city called the Rocking Dead, which literally took place on a boat and was a zombie thing where you went, and at first it was a party, and then eventually a zombie outbreak happened, and (gasps) you, like, did a zombie experience, and then at the end of the evening, everyone had, you know, inevitably been turned, and you had a big dance party. That sounds great. It was amazing. Oh, my God, amazing. And this followed something like that beat for beat, right? You're in a room... Everything sort of seems normal. Then things get less normal. You get trapped in a series of smaller and smaller rooms. The fog element comes in at some point. I, uh, every turn, I was going like, "Oh, this could this would be really interesting to do." Right? You're trapped in a mortuary with the with the cadavers. Right? There, there's your pitch. No, I find this film really interesting because one of the things that the director specifically wanted was to make it as real an experience within within reason obviously this is a horror film with massive supernatural elements to it but he wanted to make the entire experience in the mortuary kind of as legitimate as it could be which is one of the reasons that Jane Doe through the entire film is basically played by an actor as opposed to yes. just a dummy that's on the on the board she is a real person for the majority of the film there are a couple of shots obviously you can't cut open a real person and do things well, like that but the majority <laughs> of the time she is there like you can but it has to be the last take yeah, it has to be the last thing that you do with that particular person. Um, but I actually found out about this film originally from a book that I read, which was called Past Mortems, which is written by a woman who is an award-winning mortician, forensic scientist and pathologist. She's called Carla Valentine, and I'd very much recommend the book if you're kind of a little bit morbidly inclined, as I am. But she was brought in to be one of the people who helped with the kind of legitimacy of this set and I think that those touches are one of the reasons why I enjoy watching this film more than other films of its kind because it feels very real and gritty and they do not kind of pull punches when it comes to these are dead bodies we're cutting them up and we're doing all of these things it's very human as well the kind of father and son their response to being around dead people 
is is very relatable i think so i i appreciate it from from that perspective i just think that's an interesting thing to know that they tried so hard to make this as accurate and honest for something that is obviously very supernatural and otherworldly and i think it was that specificity that that made it palatable for me mm-hmm. right whenever a tv show I don't, I, i'm not a big fan of medical shows and whenever a show does sort of introduce that kind of element whenever your law and orders or your you know crime shows like cut someone open or show something going into someone i'm not it makes me a little squeamish but there was something about the like the specificity the realism of this that went like this is a this is a job this is a job that these people are doing and are doing really accurately megan i watched this with my wife megan we didn't watch it falls together because she had already seen it but we did watch this together and she went shouldn't they be wearing masks but other than that i think <laughs> i was like i think you can tell that this is it's very much like an american horror movie in the sense of its its casting and kind of the way it's made in lots of ways but you can tell that it's a european director mm. um, and especially when you have a film where there is a cat in the film and the, and the cat, cat gets dies. killed oh. you're like oh man if they killed the animal the people are screwed <laughs> like, hot, the most horrible things are going to happen to them because they were okay with killing an animal yeah well there's a lot of death in this film from people who aren't even like directly involved in anything it's just let's just start bumping off some people um including the cat who don't really have anything to do with anything you know why not? Yeah, and why not and why, right? I remember yeah. when, when the girlfriend dies, we've already said spoiler alert, so when the girlfriend gets got, Megan and I sort of started going back and forth about like whether or not she really was or if it was like the, mm-hmm. the cadaver playing a trick because like what did it want, right? What, what purpose is the scaring having? Which is a, I think is a real question for me in both of these movies is like this one, to your point earlier about the movie what was it stranger uh the strangers i haven't seen that one but where yeah. it was like oh it's just something you're doing right like why why them right in a different horror movie you would have found out at the end that they were the ancestors of the people who had done this to her or yeah. they had like you know that there had been some sort of connection but it feels very random in this movie they just they were just there i kind of like it though because Big spoilers, the whole kind of idea is that Jane Doe is actually uh, a witch, witch, pretty much. Called she's a it. Witch. Yeah. Called she's, it. Yeah, she's she's a witch. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say they are a little heavy handed with with the fact that she's a witch. <laughs> I think anyone who has any experience of guessing the plot lines in films you can pretty much see from a mile off that she's a witch. Like you're just sitting there going, Yeah, she she's a witch then she's a yeah but she's okay. a witch huh? so so, yeah you're finding more things she's a witch then oh you found a little bit more she's definitely a witch and it's only when like they peel back her skin and see like tattoos on the underside of her skin that they're like wait a minute <laughs> there's something really she's been burnt you say i let don't me under- google let me, these let me weird see. images but yeah, um, let's look in the bible for the yeah, line that says i know that, that says she be a witch on it you know like it's it is very much like i think that you were um not not really thinking very highly of your viewing audience when you were kind of setting this up because it is quite predictable that it's going to be a witch but i kind of like the fact as a character, Jane Doe just gives no shits. 
she's literally uh, you know she is the embodiment of generations of basically because if i mean if you're gonna get serious and talk about witches witches originally were just women who Mm. were in positions of power who had intelligence and who had status and historically you know any any woman who was different who wasn't like married and churning out hundreds of babies and who kind of had a bit of information as to how the world worked and could help other people was considered to be a massive threat and therefore let's not just kill them let's kind of torture them and make it so that they are humiliated publicly and that's that's something that you know is is throughout history is is been done to a lot of women and so here is a woman who's basically like yeah I've been treated like shit, so have a lot of other people. So I just give no shits now. I'm just going to do it to everybody else. I don't care who it is. I don't think she needs a reason other than the fact that she's literally just pissed off. She's the physical embodiment of nevertheless she persisted, right? Exactly. They burned her, they cut her, they stabbed her. I like it. It's very rare that you get female characters in horror films that have that kind of rage it's the same Hmm. reason you don't you know you don't have serial killers who are really well known i mean there are female serial killers but it's the men who are like i'm the one that chopped someone up and hid them in my basement and (laughs) ate them and all of that type of thing because men are seen to be the people who have the anger and who have the violence whilst women it's like oh women just poison people you Hmm. know because that's what the ladies do and it's like kind of refreshing to see a female character who's just like fuck the lot of you i don't care i'm just gonna kill everybody and i'm gonna do it in a really really nasty way and in a way that really messes with your mind as well like the whole thing of brian cox being like please don't hurt him do whatever you want to me it's like playing on the fact that she's gonna be like oh of course i'm i oh i'm I'm really empathetic i'll be merciful to you I'll be merciful and kind, you know, because of course I'm a merciful and kind being, being a woman. And then she's like, yeah, jokes. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to kill your son as well. And I just kind of like it. I know it's weird to call something like that involves mass murder refreshing, but I I really (laughs) did find it refreshing. (laughs) I liked when they cut the bit of her brain out and that's when they realized that she was still alive. And Megan was like, oh, if they cut a bit of her brain out, like, I guess she's not alive anymore. And I was like, nah, she's fine. That's just the part that does math. Yeah. (laughs) She's going to come back and be like, thank you for avenging my murder. Also, what's two plus two? (laughs) Because that's where I thought it was going. I thought we were going, let's avenge her, right? Now now we're a father-son team who are going to, like, right these wrongs. And that's not what happened. No. It's almost that you think when all of that stuff is happening to Brian Cox as well and her wounds are kind of fixing themselves, you think when he's dead, oh, she's just going to get up and walk out of mm-hmm. there. Or at least disappear. But, yeah, but she doesn't. And again, I kind of like that as well. I kind of like the fact that that she's just she's just like, yeah, now now bring me to the next now bring me to the next lot of people. Well, or maybe, right? The, it's it's the, right. then at the end she's in the she's in the coroner's van and they're taking her somewhere yeah. else and her toad is the does the ding ling ling. Yeah. It's almost like it's gonna happen. Yeah. But then but then what wrath is she gonna bring on the world right. if she does eventually wake up? If she can do all of that when she's basically oh. comatose. Oh, 
It's funny, these two films are quite different from each other in terms of horror. There's not a lot in common, but there is this kind of weird element of passing something on to continued destruction. Mm-hmm. Like in It Follows, it's literally just, you know, like people are having sex and this thing's coming to get you. And in this, it's just like it's just like the corpse of this <laughs> of this witch that's just like, I d I'm not even gonna get up. You can just take me places and I will kill people. Yeah. And what an interesting dynamic to have between her, the witch, and the girlfriend character. Like I said, I, I thought this could have been and thought it was going to be just a two-hander. You got the two-hander, you got the witch, maybe you got the other corpses. Great. But for my money, we didn't need the girlfriend. We didn't need the sheriff. We didn't need anybody else. She really became the sexy lamp. Like I wrote, I, when when he killed her, have you heard that phrase? No. <laughs> or that's the thing in movies, right, is, the, that. is the, the sexy lamp test, right, is that if your female character could be portrayed by a sexy lamp, then you need to give her more agency, right? And yeah. like yeah. when the when Brian Cox hit her with the axe, I wrote down, "Oh no, Dad, you shattered my sexy lamp." Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think he didn't need it. He didn't need her as a motivation to stay. He didn't okay. need her to come back to like have that moment of grieving. It was just like, okay, well, I, you're sad now. It was like mm-hmm. they just wanted to like ratchet up the body count a bit, so they were like, let's throw in some more people that can be killed. Yeah, no. To be honest, I think that the girlfriend is there. So as a woman in this film that actually speaks, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that that is why she's there because it's like, oh crap! We've but got then, this woman. not only have we got a woman who doesn't say anything through the whole film, literally not a single word. She's butt naked <laughs> through the whole film. She is fully in the buff for the whole film, and they were like, oh, should probably put another woman in there so that she actually says something. Otherwise, people will just think that we're just going to have naked women everywhere. But then make it a and that's it. Mo- sexy. A lad. Mother- You're talking about a sexy lad. <laughs> make it a mother son a relationship or a father daughter relationship and give the character more to do than Mm. that but again it's like hatred against men folk isn't it sure yeah so i must say i do enjoy the dead people in this film Mm -hmm. and i love the whole um bell round the ankle thing Mm. i've i i really do have kind of a kind of sick morbid curiosity about like you know you know mortuaries in in general and what happens when you die and how people get buried and but that is such a I think it's a story that so many people just don't believe to be true the whole bell around the ankle thing or even you know people used to get buried with their foot tied to a bell which was outside like can you imagine being in a graveyard (laughs) and there's all these little bells what if the wind blows all the bells are gonna go (laughs) and you're just gonna be walking through a graveyard you know like why would you do that but i love things like that because it's so bizarre you think this could never be true in a million years but it it was because it was so difficult to tell if people were dead and people were you know still are i think terrified that you get buried alive or you get you know embalmed they put literally put poison into the veins of of people and you got to hope you got to hope that you'd be dead when that type of thing would be happening otherwise well, dear god they'd be definitely be dead afterwards yeah they take, they take all the blood out first so that would probably do it before they put the stuff yeah, in <laughs> yeah probably i mean but yeah i love things like that i just find them so I find it fascinating and I think that it's really interesting that as a human race that still 
freaks the bejesus out of us the idea when you think about that just for a second about oh my god yeah I'd actually you kind of go I'd actually quite like to have a little bell just so that I could be sure <laughs> just so that in case something happened you, you know you know that probably nothing's gonna happen by that point but there is a little part of you in the back of your brain that goes maybe I should maybe I should you know think about that when I'm old, I'll just get my little need to buy a little bell off Amazon or something and just make sure that it's around. Yeah, I love things like that. If you go first, I will put a bell on you. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Right, we have reached the point in the podcast where we are now going to reveal why we chose these films for you. Right. And I'm going to go first. So... I really enjoyed the answers that you gave us in your survey and you talked about a few things that kind of stood out to me. Uh, You talked about things that kind of uh, lingering and staying in your kind of your subconscious after you've watched it for a few days. And I think that a lot of the visuals in this film and some of the kind of conceptual ideas and kind of like theoretical side almost to it definitely kind of stuck with me. So I was kind of banking on the fact that it might stay with you as well. Uh, you wanted something that was scary. So I wanted to give you a spooky movie, like you said. You said that you really don't like things when they're too obvious or well known. And yes, if you're into horror, I guess this film was pretty well hyped. But I would say, generally speaking, it's not super obvious. It is not really, really well known. And something, like you said yourself, that was kind of inspired by lots of classic horror movies, but would kind of take them in a different direction. And also, and I'm so glad that you actually said this on the podcast, but I know how much you love sex. And I wanted to give you a horror movie (laughs) that would really scare you by taking something that you love so much (laughs) and making it a really genuinely scary thing that you almost don't want to do. So uh, for all of these reasons I chose for you, it follows. (laughs) He doesn't know that about me for the reasons that you think, I promise. I would just like to say that wasn't on the questionnaire. So I feel like I've been at a real disadvantage here. And to be honest, I'm disappointed that that wasn't included on the questionnaire. David and I met on a road trip of a mutual friend of ours for a bachelor party. And many, you know, secrets and stories were revealed over that time, which are obviously, you know, not something I'm going to go into at this point. But I feel like I learned a lot about you, man. Well, and don't, you know, let's not discount the the, the sex appeal of the uh, autopsy of Jane Doe either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a lot more nudity in the autopsy of Jane Doe, more There's- consistent nudity yeah, at least. more consistent nudity I wouldn't say more because there's definitely more naked people in it follows but i think if you added up the amount of screen time where there is nudity i think that jane doe would probably win probably <laughs> okay well i would like to talk about why i picked the autopsy of jane doe for you as i've said before I do tend to go with a gut feeling um, when it comes to the questionnaires as opposed to being super, super like, oh, it has to have this and this and this. And the thing that stuck out to me was lingering. I do think that there are many aspects of Jane Doe that are lingering because you can't help but linger with a person who's dead on screen for the entire film. Also, I love the fact that you talked about 
paranormal activity being something that really freaked you out. I thought that the the slightly more realistic portions of this film would maybe outweigh some of the things that were a little bit more supernatural and that might be slightly more appealing to you as obviously someone who likes horror that is more real and feels like something that could come and get you. Also, you did talk about the fact that you really like paranormal horror, psychological horror, ghosty, spirity type of horror, and witches occult horror, horror. And I thought, well, I haven't actually brought a witch onto the podcast yet. And if I was going to bring a witch, I think that this one's pretty special. Um, so I wanted to kind of add that taste to it as well. But one of the other things was that you did mention that you have a fear of being buried alive. And I didn't, oh. I have gone down the route of of kind of full-on more Buried Alive films for other people. Oh. But I feel like this has a real twist of that to it. When you realise that this character has been going through such horrific things and has still been alive for the entire process, it's really quite grim. And I know that you said that powerlessness is a real problem for you. So I thought, I thought we were oh. done talking about sex. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Why not give you a film where the one of the main characters has literally been kind of held down and operated on for the whole film? I thought that might leave you with 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 something to think about afterwards. But yes, basically, those are the reasons why I picked the autopsy of Jane Doe for you. So now we have some questions for you. And the first one is, which of these two films scared you the most? <laughs> The autopsy of Jane Doe scared me the most out of the two of these movies. It it was it was a and and this is so interesting and maybe like I, I'm a very analytical person and I love the sort of analytical way that the podcast is approached and I wonder if maybe I should have watched these both under the same circumstances alone in a terrifying house in Nashville because like I said I watched the first one with my wife and then I watched the second one by myself I watched the first one on TV with her and I watched the second one on my laptop with my headphones um, so I watched we watched Autopsy of Jane Doe together and it was a very like classic we were singing right we were going no 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 don't you uh, don't do that no 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 we were like every time you know a spooky moment is happening one of the long drawn out spooky moments we're going like no 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 you don't need to do that that is not a thing you need to do um both of these movies both of these movies had moments where people were if i see i swear to god and this is just a horror movie thing right the protagonist getting on all fours and slowly poking their head in a hole like, you stop it there's no need for this there is never a need to get down on all fours and slowly poke your head in a hole no just don't do that ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was it was definitely scarier for me. And the second question we have for you is, which of these two films was the best curated horror pick for you? I think that it is Autopsy of Jane Doe. I'm I was waiting for feeling. the celebratory sound. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm a bit shocked again. Well, can I say <laughs> why now? Am I allowed to? Am I, can we draw the curtain back? Yeah, please. That's that's absolutely. This is the time. Yeah, it follows is one of the boringest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. 
We watched it back in 2015, and I was just like, I was so hyped about this movie. Everyone had been praising it. And and I looked uh, after we watched it this time, and yeah, critically, it was raved about. It's got a 66 on Rotten Tomatoes, and that feels a lot writer to me from, from the audience perspective. It Follows would be an amazing 20-minute short movie, short film. It does not need to be feature length. I was really excited about the prospect of giving it another go, to be honest. Because like I said, when I when I went in it the first time, I was really excited for it. And maybe I did myself a disservice in that way. But I just couldn't, like, A, like I said, it's just so drawn out. And and maybe I was missing a little payoff in some of those moments. Or or maybe I'm just impatient. Or again, maybe I actually wrote down this time, like, maybe it was because it was happening to basically children. Not children, right? I guess, I guess, I guess they're in college. Um, some of them do look like they're about 12. They look, they look I was... 15. It was a combination of that and I'm not a simple movie watcher, right? I don't just want the movie to be handed to me on a silver platter. But I didn't even realize until the second time I was watching it, the pitch is it's going to follow you and it's going to try to get you. And it's not dumb, but it's slow. And that's what it's going to do. It's going to move towards you and it's going to get you. So like the first scene happens and the girl runs out and you hear her open and close the door, and you hear her leave, and you go. And then once you're watching it a second time, you realize that you hear the door open and close again, right? The thing can manipulate doors, and it can crawl on roofs, and it can pick shit up and toss it into a pool. Are you kidding me? It's supposed to just follow you. It should have walked into the pool. And if that gambit doesn't work, that's fine. But it shouldn't be able to stop and go, hmm... No, let me think about this now. <laughs> I know I've been big on the whole walking thing, but I think I'm going to chuck this toaster instead. <laughs> what I wrote down was like a, a horror movie that can be solved with math <laughs> is not scary to me. Every time they've seen it, there should be no looking over her shoulder for at least a set amount of time. She should be able to calculate, and maybe she can't because she's in the moment and she's scared and nobody else can think about it. But like, once you know I've gotten X far away from it and it is only walking at X speed, I shouldn't be going, is it there? Is it going to be there? Because I know how long it's going to take for it to get there. As, uh, you know, <laughs> approximately. To be fair, on a second viewing of this film, I did feel like... I think the reason I find it frustrating is that there is potential for it to be a lot better than it is. And I just got mad at it because I was like, why aren't you a better film? Because I don't, I, I do find some of the scary bits really quite unnerving. But yeah, I can't help it. I was bored. Hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Emrys, that you I... ended up not just with me ganging up on you, but... But both of us ganging on that's you and, about this, <laughs> right? And that's why I said earlier, I think I actually am the antagonist of of watching horror movies because while I enjoyed the autopsy of Jane Doe, I still there were still moments where I was going like, "No, don't do! Come on, that's dumb! Don't do that!" And I guess a lot of that was the plot stuff. I think we talked about was like the the girlfriend and and a few extraneous things that it didn't need because I thought at the end of the day it could have been a lot. I think they both had. And I think they both had a lot more potential than they than they were given. If if the autopsy of Jane Doe had just been the two of them and the bodies, I think it would have been such a better movie. I think, to be honest, there's probably about 20 minutes in each of these films that is, like, spot on. And then the rest is a bit 
filler. Questionable, shall we say. Mm. <laughs> well, no, I'm just sorry that uh, it's another stinker for, for me and that you didn't like this one. But hey, you know, we can't get it right all the time. No. But sadly, we have come to the end. So all we have left to do is say a massive thank you to our lovely guest, David. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a a very fun adventure to go on. Thank you for joining us on the Curators of Horror. You can follow us on Instagram at Curators of Horror or you can email us at curatorsofhorror at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and what you thought of It Follows and the autopsy of Jane Doe. Which did you think was the best movie? Are there any other horror movies that you'd like to recommend for our guest, David? We really hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, rate, review us, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you didn't, go listen to my podcast, Smut and Sensibility, also available where all their podcasts are, and I'm a shameless plug. Woo! Yay! (laughs) That was brilliant. Love it. (laughs) Thank you, David. This was great. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Amrith. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a horrifying week. Don't worry, I'm in America. I can't help but have a horrifying week.